Hello and welcome to Jerry Anderson, Heroes and Villains. Stay on this channel. This is an emergency. Each episode, we'll choose at random a story from an Anderson show ranging from Fireball XL5 to Terrorhawks. I think this frequency should be put on priority monitoring. We'll then look at the hero and villain of the tale, discuss any behind the scenes, actor information, and I'm sure numerous tallies. Shadow control to all stations. We have a red alert. Repeat, condition is red. And at the end, crucially, we're going to vote for them. Stand by for action. Hello, welcome to episode five. I'm going to cough. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's usually cough. you. You yeah, start coughing me, yeah. just about to record. Hang on, I'll start again. I'm just getting over my COVID cough, so yeah. perhaps you're Maybe mine's coming. Yeah. All right, start again. Take two. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not meant to have laughed then. Sorry. Ready? <laughs> I'm coughing. Yeah. Go on. Go for it. Here we go. Hello and welcome to episode five of this new show, our very first talk about Joe 90. Yeah, a show I think neither of us are that familiar with in the same way we are with some of the others. I don't, certainly for me that's true. I think it's true for you, isn't it? The last two episodes have been like two hours long because a large chunk is our, us being effusive about our yes. childhood memories of the not only the show but all the paraphernalia that went with it, all the ephemeral stuff, you know, all the everything, right? I don't think we're going to be... This isn't going to be a two-hour one today. Well... Well, I might. It might be because there's for a the lot wrong to discuss for the wrong reasons. Because this yeah. is, yeah, this is this is a strange one. Because, like, when I when I um, got into Fanderson and that in the early '80s, I had no concept of um, the uh, Secret Service. Never even heard of it. And I think it came and went, and it wasn't stuck in the consciousness. So, and I think Joe Knightley was similar. The only thing I remember was Joe Knightley was, for some reason, as a at school, if anyone, if there was a kid that was specky, you, you called him Joe, call him Joe 90. Always, <laughs> yeah. always, just because he had glasses yeah. on. Exactly, but I don't really think anyone understood why, because I had no concept really of of what Joe 90 was until oh. I started reading an SIG. I knew vague. It's one of those where you go, oh, have I seen it? I don't know. And then it was only when they repeated it. I have no concept of watching it. As a kid, so I don't know. Was it repeated? I'm not I sure. don't know because, just like you, I have no memory of no. watching it. I, 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 I think because um, I was what well, this is sixty-seven going into sixty-eight, so I was five. Yeah. I and and it's the thing we have said before about Joe ninety. None of us wanted to be him. I think this no. was a massive. Uh, it's a, a fundamental, yeah, error in thinking, isn't it? When I was five years old. I wanted to be Captain Kirk. I wanted yeah. to be Tony Curtis. I don't want to be four years older and be this little swat, you know? There, there was definitely a um, a sort of vogue at one point, wasn't there, where you had to have sort of, or, <coughs> pardon me, i got your cough now, audience hmm. identification figures for shows. So they would always throw in a, a cute kid because they thought that way kids would watch it. And I, 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 with you, I wholeheartedly agree that's false. I can't ever remember watching a, a program as a kid and thinking I wanted to be the kid. Even stuff like Double Deckers and that, you never wanted to be those kids. No, no, not you at know. all. But Han Solo, you want to be Han Solo. Yeah. yeah. My my memories of Joe 90, thinking back then, is the Dinky Toy, yep, Max exactly Carr, that, yeah. and and the amazing theme tune. Yes. Yeah, the theme tune got used on other stuff, didn't it? Like, you'd hear it elsewhere. 
Um, so I remember the theme tune, the music, and yeah, the other thing is the dinky toy. I didn't have that. This is one one of the one few dinkies that I didn't have, but my rich cousin did. Mm. Um, he had oh, he had everything. Git. Um, <laughs> Philip, if you're listening, Philip, hello. Uh, he's probably dead by now. Um, a morbid thought, but he had all of them, and he had that. And I remember we'd go around, you know that when you had to go around and visit your cousins and that, yeah. and you'd be, get sent off, go and play in the bedroom with your cousins and that, and he'd get these toys out. And I always wondered, what is this car? This is a weird looking car. You know, this green thing. What has it got legs for? What is it? And I couldn't associate it with anything. Um, so yeah, it's a bit, it was a bit of a, a mystery one, this. I did, when they started showing them on Channel 4, um, I watched them all, but I got a, I got a feeling it's going to become very repetitive very quickly. You see, I've got no, I have no memory of any story whatsoever. No. Um, the only one I've ever had, I've never watched it on the Channel 4 repeats at all or anything. I, I didn't have any inclination to. And the only episode I've ever owned was, I've mentioned before, uh, um, 10, 15 years ago, there was this compilation DVD of the first episode of all the Super Mario oh, yes, Nation things. Yeah. And I think I watched it, yeah, I I think I watched it back then. But, um, yeah, Yeah. I've gone out, I bought the Blu-ray set, and I've done that because I know, you know, just through seeing stills over the years, that, yeah, it was a a misstep having your main character, this little boy. But the model work had evolved even further. So I got the Blu-ray just for the model work alone. Well, it was was sort of, watching this was shocking, because it's, it's, everything... Other than the main uh, sort of um, plot point, which makes no sense, I've got huge questions about it. Other than the main plot point of, of what's happening, everything else is sort of top of their game. The model work is just stunning. It, you like say it's 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 a, a step up, not quite the major league between Thunderbirds and Scarlet, but it's a step up from Scarlet. The puppetry is really good. Um, the music's great. The editing is really good. Some very unusual editing touches in this. Um, but the the, the central storyline is just so sort of boring and uninteresting and makes no sense whatsoever. Well, t- this yeah. story, I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen, what you say there, in, in subsequent returns to the show. This can all be explained away because yes. it's an imaginary story, isn't well, it? Well, I, yeah, I, I literally have that in my notes that I, I think we'll have questions on what happens in the story. And you can you can rationalise every single one of them because it's a story. Mm. you know um but my my big my big before we get into the story my big question then on on the basic premise of this series is at the beginning of this uh it starts off because uh mac has sam louver over i don't know how he knows him outside of these stories but he has sam louver over and he's showing him a big rat and says so what do you think i'm gonna sell it Mac, it's been a long interrogation, but I just want to ask Joe one more question. Okay, Sam. But then I think we will call it a day. Right, Mac. Now, Joe, we've been talking now for over an hour about the C-3400 computer. My last question. How many transistors are used in it? That's easy. None. Pulsed light beams and integrated circuits make them unnecessary. Oh, Mac, it's incredible, just (laughs) incredible. Well, Sam, as far as I'm concerned, it's just a... A dream come true. How long will Joe retain all this knowledge? As soon as we remove the electrodes, he'll be back to normal. 
It all seems like a dream, Dad. How did I do? You did just great, Joe. Well, Sam, what do I ask, convex computers? Tell me, how much is this invention worth? Every time I emerge from that laboratory of yours, I'm surprised to find myself in an old English cottage. That's the way we like it, Sam. A combination of the old and the new. You're asking how much this invention was worth. Now, look, do me a favor, will you? Before you mention this to another living soul, give me 12 hours. How do you mean, Sam? I've got an idea how this could be used to produce a greater benefit than I'm sure you ever visualized. 12 hours, Mac. Is it a deal? It's a deal. So, if this is if this uh, device is sellable, then it means it's not tied to Joe. No, he's no. just using Joe as a guinea pig. Yes. So, and then the central conceit of the episode is they make out as if it's got to be Joe. There's this whole sort of ten minute argument about Mac not wanting Joe to be a special. Why do you need him as a special agent? Just use it on Sam. You've yeah. got a highly trained agent, an adult, but no, they would rather use a nine-year-old and give him a gun and mess with his brainwaves. Why? We we could be quite mean here and say the reason Joe <coughs> is picked is he's a bit thick. There's plenty of room in that brain to put somebody else's. Well, could be. I mean, the, the only vague justification I could think of is no one's going to suspect the specky kid. But in, that's not fair on the kid. No, and and also that only works if if there's no other sort of there's no other problems with that. But Mac, the whole point is Mac doesn't want Joe to do it, and very very reluctantly says okay. But why? I just don't. I was sat watching it, going, "Have I missed the line? Did they say this is tied to Joe?" And then I thought, "No, they can't because he's trying to sell it." And if it's tied to Joe, what was he selling? Joe as well. Yeah, I to guess government. so. And, yeah. and to whom? Because, yeah, you know, to whom? What, what other reason would you have this thing with Joe if it wasn't for espionage? Yeah. The, I mean, the, the only vague reason I can imagine, but even that doesn't work, is, is you could perhaps on tape put the brainwaves of the best surgeon in the world. So if anything happened to him, another doctor could... but. It doesn't. It doesn't quite work. What's also weird is this. This basic plot line has been used quite a few times, hasn't it? The dollhouse, Joss Whedon's dollhouse, was this. Mm-hmm. Was Joe ninety? Except he replaced the nine-year-old boy with sexy teenage girls. Mm. Joss Whedon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there was a, a TV show called The Pretender, which is the same basic idea, but he could just. He didn't need Big Rat. He could just meet someone and, and sort of research them and, and instantly take on their thing. I don't know. It was a very strange show. But so it, it, people have tried to use this storyline. Um, but it just, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. What doesn't make a lot of sense to me at the beginning here is, yeah, Sam, Sam's gone around and Mac's shown him the big rat, this yeah. brain impulse. Oh, ga- I wrote it down. Gavanoscope, yeah. record and transfer. Yeah, that's right? pushing it, isn't it? That's they fought up Big Rat before they had to think of yeah, words to put yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
my question in all this is, you know, Max done this all himself, yeah. and yeah, you're right. Now he wants to sell it. How the bloody hell did he, you know, build this huge laboratory underneath that cottage? I don't know, and he's he's looking to sell it, so he must be short of a penny or two. He must need money. How has he paid for all this? How are you going to get it out if you yeah. built it underground, yeah. Yeah, underneath the, the gov- cottage? The government buy it and go, yeah, okay, yeah, no, this is good. We'll we'll give you ten million for it. Uh, can you deliver? Uh. Also, what, I mean, I don't know. They don't really make anything of when this is set. This doesn't feel like it's set around the same time as as Scarlet or Thunderbirds. This feels slight futuristic. Yeah, yeah. I think it's only a, it's Mad yeah. Max in it a few years from now, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they're <laughs> having this discussion, and in comes Joe, and yeah, immediate immediate dislike of him. Yeah, his um, voice really is great yeah. in. Um, it's, is it? Am I right? I think it's played by a, a lady. No, no, no. Right. It's a boy. They're oh, trying right. to find him. I think Fannison are trying to find him. Um, oh, right. I don't think he's he dead. No, no. It's a boy, all right. But is he oh dear, um, that outfit. Yeah. You know that yes. checkered outfit. You know, collar buttoned up to the he's, top. No he, tie. He gets beaten up. So, so Joe is is not. I for some reason I thought he was Max's son, but he's so did Max's I until the end. Son, yeah. Um, I think Mac's trying to get rid of him. It's interesting, Mac is, is so obviously based on Barnes Wallace from the Dan Busters movie. Mm. The look, the the way he speaks, the the fact that he's an inventor doing it. It's like, mm, this is Barnes Wallace. This, uh, I quite like Mac. I don't, I don't know who's doing the voice, but he's very good. I like his... Uh, I like Mac. He's one of the better characters. Um, weirdly, although we said the, uh, like the puppets, are, they seem a bit more... Uh, you know, a bit, a bit more futuristic than the the Scarlet ones. Um, I did have trouble in a few scenes. It looks like their lips are not moving. Oh, well, no, yeah. I didn't really and notice I, and it was that. Like, like, is it moving or is it? So I wondered if they were having solenoid problems. I was more uh, looking Has at. Has Joe uh... solenoids dropped yet? <laughs> That's the question. Well, it's his buttons that I was looking at. They oh, use God, real buttons, huge, yeah. but but yeah, if that was to scale, yeah. that'd be the size of your hand. Oh, those that, let, we're, we're we're building up a theory. Yeah? That goes hand in hand with what you said about him being a bit dim. Mm. He's a special kid. He's got he's got to have large buttons. <laughs> um, Ooh, do you think he think gets beaten up at school a lot? Adopted kid, bit of a yeah, geek yeah. He's father. a SWAT. He's a yeah. To- yeah, the old SWATs and the bl- blots. You yeah. know, uh, out the comics. Yeah, he would definitely be in the SWAT side. Yeah. Uh, interesting, um, another sort of interesting sort of directorial touches. The the, the, the star is actually a scene, isn't it? When yes. Because he says, uh, let, me, let me demonstrate Big Rat Chew. Come on, Joe, we're going to do our experiments again. Uh, social services should be called. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he says, Mac tells Sam, I've recorded my my brain patterns, yeah. my knowledge and experience. Yeah. And he's going to transfer it to little Joe. That, now, this, I've, I've always n- never understood this. When this happens, knowledge and experience of selected things or all... Of Max, yeah. Does he memories? Does he have, yeah? Does he have all of Max memories? Because that's that's very worrying. If that's it's, the case, th- this is very dodgy, and especially yes. he's, he's shortly going to get all the knowledge and experience of a Russian, yeah, fighter pilot. So the last shag he had, the what? last time he yeah. got slozzled, 
what Joe's um, got all this. What uh, what psychological damage is this doing to Joe? Unless he's not that bright. Maybe that's why he's been picked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another thing, I mean, we've talked about this already, uh, and we're only like five episodes into the show, but uh, everything in Jerry Anderson's shows is a health and safety nightmare. Him going up into that machine, no seatbelt on that chair, and this thing is just about to whirl whirl around him like mad. Also, it's quite obviously made to fit a nine-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. So when he does sell it to the government, <coughs> I reckon he was selling Joe as well. I think when they said, yeah, yeah, we'll take it, he went, well, you got to take Joe. I reckon Joe is cramping Max style. Well, Mac, I think Max we... Max a silver fox and he's off on a Saturday Well, we've night. got to reevaluate yeah. Mac. Just like last time, we've yeah. got to keep an eye on Dr. Fawn. I think we've got to keep an eye on Mac here. Yeah. 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 Uh, why does the big Mac move out of its wall before it starts working? I don't What's know. the point of that? I don't know. I love this whole sequence is really good, but I love the fact that again computers use tape. I mean, yeah. it's very iconic. But and again, the music. You're right. The music is great. Oh, it's, it's really the sound good. first. Yeah. The sound of the big, yeah. big, big rat just as it starts up, yeah. and then yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the whole title sequence, because this becomes the title sequence, uh, is hypnotic, isn't it? It's very psychedelic. Oh, um, this is definitely yeah. 66, 67. Yeah, yeah. All the lava lamp lights and stuff like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's fabulous music. Unfortunately, we keep seeing Joe in it. <laughs> yeah, I do like as well that um, for him to maintain the knowledge, he's got to have the electrodes stuck on his head. Yes. Then the minute they come, he goes, oh, the minute they, they remove, Joe's back to being a nine-year-old boy. Again, psychological trauma for Joe there. But, but there's they, a, contra- they, there's a contradiction. They, go on. Oh, go on. Because they say here, you know, that when yeah. the electrodes come off, he has no memory, yeah. right? Because he says to Mac, how did I do, you know, in the test on these computers? But later on at the end of this, uh, I suppose we can explain it because it's imaginary. Yeah. He says to Sam, oh, that was great, da-da-da-da. So he does remember everything that happened in that... I think he, he remembers what happened, but he doesn't have any access to the knowledge. So if he remembers he flew the plane, but I think if they said to him, well, come on, show me what you did, he would have no concept oh, okay. to go, oh, I think I... Okay. Uh, I mean, I've, yeah, there's dodgy questions there as well. Um, it's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's weird as well with the electrodes and that, that they... They test him. I love it in the most mundane way possible. And I say, "How many uh, transistors?" How many transistors? <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, you're trying to catch me out. It doesn't have any transistors." Bloody disappeared in that the smug sixes. answer yeah. of his. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he was bullied at school. I do like that. Uh, bear in mind. Bear in mind. This is Mac doing a sales pitch to sell this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Sam's only proof. That or any of this is working, and it's not just two of them mucking about, is that Mac backs up Joe's answer. So he goes, yeah. oh, Mac, is he correct? Yes, he's right. Yes, yeah, well, Sam will Yeah. <laughs> so it's, just, it's just barking. It's like you know buying a car and going to the salesman, is, is this a really good car? And the salesman go, I'll ask my manager. It doesn't matter. You're both in on it. Yeah. yeah I, Sam, I like Sam, but he's, uh, yeah. Everyone in this is a little bit naive, aren't they? Yeah. I've I've just raised the question to myself with what oh, I just said then about, you know, the smug way he gives the answers. I bet he's bullied at school. Something to keep an eye out for. Does Joe actually go to school? Um, I don't remember ever seeing him go to school. But he's a nine year old. 
Yeah, there's a lot worse going on with this poor nine-year-old in there. Yeah, he's home taught, isn't he? Max, yeah. Max home teaching him. I'm, I'm yeah. sure there's going to be a line about it. Oh, there's at bound some to point. Be, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I I know you can. You have to have a really good bloody reason why you homeschool someone in this country. It's not like America where you can just teach your kids any old rubbish. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I I bet he is. I bet. No, no, I'll teach him. I'm a professor. Yeah. 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 Why is he carrying a gun? Shut up. I didn't um, realise that Max's first name is Ian. Is it? I didn't know that. It is Ian, yeah. yeah. He's, he's one of you. Do they mention it in here? I thought everyone called him Mac. No, he's, so no, he's his, not mentioned. So what is, at least what not is Mac's surname then? Ian... I think it's MacDonald. I think it's oh. Ian Mac MacDonald, I think. But it's definitely Ian. Yeah. Um, when they go upstairs into that cottage, did it strike you as odd that on the uh, on the uh, desk there, there's a photo frame with a real photo of a real woman in it? Yeah, it, very very odd. It's like who's that? <laughs> I guess that's Mac's yeah. ex-wife or yeah, dead wife be. or something. Well, we never find out. I reckon he's. I reckon she's in bits in a freezer somewhere. <laughs> That was another yeah. uh, avenue another, that he was yeah. exploring before. I first, he... I first tried it on my wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the vegetable in yeah. the other room. <laughs> um, so that night, yeah, Sam asks for Joe and Mac to, to join him. And yeah, we see the best thing in this show for the first time, Mac's car. Yes. It's very strange seeing that car coming out of a cottage garage. Yes. Um, yeah. Like I say, I we we see um, Sam's car. I really like Sam's car. I'd love a full size one of them. That's so mm. good. I'm not a great. I don't think this is the best designed futuristic Anderson vehicle. It's interesting, but it's it's like it's got two seats, and yeah. the rest of it is a jet engine. Bloody great jet engine. Yeah. yeah. What's he doing? It, you know. I mean, we've got a smart car. And that's that's problematic when you go to Tesco's, yeah. you know, great round of town, problematic when you've got to shop in. I think this is the same. Um, also, I love it. I absolutely love this sequence where he goes, um, I, I, I can't remember where they're going, but he goes, uh, uh, we will, we'll drive to London. And he uses the flying part just to cut off a corner. Yeah, to then land on yeah. a completely yeah. deserted motorway. Yeah. So yeah. why don't you just fly there? It's probably one of those. It's another one. I think Mac is going to turn out to be one of those inventors where all their stuff is just a little bit useless. Mm. So I think he's invented a flying car, but it's only got a flying range of 48 feet. You know what I mean? It's like, well, the fuel's run out. Oh, dear. Okay. So, yeah, they go to London. Um, the world intelligence will buy Big Rat. Yes. This um, is, um, do you think this is the most uh, Man from Uncle-ish of the Anderson shows? I just had so many Man from Uncle vibes. Oh this. yeah, especially the end credits where we see yeah. the briefcase and all, and everything. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we meet we meet uh, Sam's boss Shane Weston. Yeah, who I remember um, from the first time round that he always looked a bit swarthy to me. He does. Yeah, he looks like an ex boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't quite trust him. I don't know why both these characters are in it you could have economically had Sam be the yes be the boss. the boss yeah it's very strange that uh, Shane's in it um i do love that because the first i think the first time i saw this was on the um super space theater version mm-hmm. and they edit it so that this actually happens they cut out all the bits where uh um, um, where Shane Weston's going let, let me, me give, give you a, a hypothetical. hypothetical yeah yeah um and so they make out it's real, which makes it even weirder. But yeah, he he start he goes, um, 
this is this is going to be incredible. Uh, let me let me tell you a, just a, a random sampling of the way that this could work. And he gets these files out, and he's showing them the uh, MIG two four two. Exactly right. Uh, yeah. And I imagine you were the same as me. Went it's an angel interceptor. It is an angel doing. interceptor. Um, yes. Yeah, and then he, he sort of he, he mentions what they're going to do, and it's the same sort of story as Firefox. Remember the old Clint Eastwood yes. film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So God, they nicked, everyone's nicked off this. It's the least known show, and everyone's nicked off it. Yeah. Um, th- this is a strange one. Our, this is our first Joe 90 story, and um, it's far, far, far too early in the day to be talking about any of our heroes. Yes. Yeah. And there's no out-and-out villain no, um, no, no, in this story. I was hoping for uh, some Russian general to have a big scene or something, but there's really nothing. So, yeah, for the ver- very first time on this show, we're not talking about a hero or a villain. We're talking about uh, ha- a piece of hardware. Yeah. Uh, uh, the subject... Uh, Today is the Angel Interceptor, a.k.a. the MG242. Yes. Now, I can rationalise this because Shane's making this up. And if this is at the same time as Spectrum, he's based the, he's gone, oh, the best plane I can think of is one of those uh, saucy angel girls vehicles. Mm. Uh, so he's, that's why in his story, he's done that. I don't know why, where he's got all the photos from to knock it all up to yeah. show them because he says at the end uh, of course the 262 doesn't even exist it's like what is yeah. it ai generated oh bloody AI. but in this imaginary tale yeah. i love the fact that he says this is the best plane in the world we haven't got anything like it yeah we and and yeah you know in this imaginary tale you know we're almost it's the cold war still with russia yes. we're gonna we're, we're gonna um potentially risk world war three to steal one yeah so we can have one for world peace, well, nicking yeah. one's not going to do much for world peace, is it? No, no, because but because literally, by the time you could, uh, uh, you know, um, take it apart, you know, uh, learn from it, build your own, Russia's already got them. They've just walked over you. I do like at the end of it as well, which is very bizarre. He goes, and of course, there's no tension between the West and Russia. Mm. Like, well, why are you included in your story then? Yeah, a, it, it, yeah. It'd be like one of us going, uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to, you, you, your car could be useful for me and I'll give you a story of how it works. I'm, our enemy is the Russians in Crimea in 18, like what difference does it make? If that's not what's happening, yeah. do something else. Yeah. And also we can explain it away because it is an imaginary story that, oh, a Russian pilot is given a press conference in London. Yeah. What are the odds, eh? I know that that's very strange as well, isn't it? That, that there's a in his story, there's a cold war going on, but the Russians will have to give a press conference about how great their planes are in London. Yes, what, the, and the other thing that comes here is they've obviously thought, oh god, episode one, we've already just created a block for our own story, and they go, oh, we can record people's brainwaves without the electrodes mm. by having well, a whacking great you, big antenna yeah. pointed yeah. at somebody's head. Yep. I want to see it's, how this develops yeah. as the show goes on. Also, there's, there, I mean, there's a lot of dodgy, dodgy ethics in Joe 90, and this is one of them. So they, they're happy that they'll record people's innermost thoughts. Because surely a better use for this would be to, like, say it was now, you, you record Putin's thoughts, 
you put them in someone and go, what are his plans? Yeah. What's his things? What's the, the codes on the nuclear missiles? What's the, rather than then risk all of this by having them fly a plane. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does, doesn't make sense. I do like that when they're doing this, Mac is wearing, I've got a, a, a Samsung 3D TV from when it was popular, mm-hmm. and the 3D TV glasses, <laughs> they're exactly what he's wearing. That's his disguise, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, good. Also, grief. where where's the info being stored? Because they say that uh, we've we've created these um, special glasses for you, Joe. So if the glasses can store, <coughs> no, I don't think it's that. No, Do you no, think no. It's just a transmitter or something. Yeah, I th- I think because they. He's already gone back into the machine. He's got yeah. the Russian's mind in his head, and I think the glasses unlocks the information. Oh, right. It's not until he so puts they... the glasses on that he becomes the Russian pilot. So at the end of these missions, do they wipe the... I just worry that he's gonna, his brain's going to fill up. That's why, you know, they yeah. pick Joe, because he's got a pretty empty brain. Do you think so? Yeah, I yeah. could explain it, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all it's all a bit uh, dodgy because they say uh, we've we've got some special uh, equipment for you. Here's your here's your national Earth specs. Um, here's your pistol. Yeah, a pistol, a gun. Why isn't Matt going? What the? F- you're giving him a gun. He's yeah. nine. It can At fire no two hundred times yeah. without reloading. Yeah, what's it fire? Very small bullets. At no point do they say uh, when we give him the brain waves, it changes his personality. But it doesn't because his reaction to getting a pistol oh, it's, yeah, it's, is uh, it's terrific. He yeah, goes, "Thanks, gonna, Uncle Sam." That's still Joe. The dogs I see with this, Uncle Sam. Shut up. Yeah, he um, is still Joe yeah. ninety. Oh, yeah, Joe, he's still isn't he? a nine-year-old boy, and they've just given him a, a, a gun with unlimited ammo. Yeah, uh, and and the world's tackiest-looking um, uh, radio. Uh, two-way radio yeah back in those days it's always two-way isn't it it's yep. a two-way radio in my notes at this point i said i'm quite fed up of joe's voice <laughs> this is like halfway it through breaks, the first doesn't it yeah his look and his sound you know so yeah. both aspects of joe yeah gets on my tits that's not a good uh start is it no so off they go to moscow um, and on the plane, we see Joe for the first time in that uh, yeah. that, that red outfit that you see him yes. always yeah. wearing. Um, I imagine it's, um, I don't know, I might be wrong here, but I imagine they put him in that standard one so that they can reuse footage. Yeah. If they, got, they need footage of him in a plane or something. Yeah, I thought that it. about, yeah. you know, when he goes up and into uh, Big Rat and has that. He's, yes. I, I'm guessing it's a Scott Tracy. He wears the same outfit yeah. every time. <laughs> That's true for your nine-year-old boys, though, isn't it? Yeah. They wear the same thing till it falls apart. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I got your cough now again. Uh, yeah, so this this is a weird, weird sequence because obviously Shane recounting this, he thinks the Russians are idiots, doesn't he? Yeah. Because they're on a tour bus. I mean, again, <laughs> they've flown to Russia and Russia. Can you imagine Russia this now? now. <laughs> yeah, going. We'll we'll give tours to Westerners uh, around our, our nuclear arms factories. What? No. And he's going around, and they're they're telling the tour guys, telling them all the capabilities of this MiG two four two, and they drive up and show it. Yeah. I don't think they realise how spying and espionage works. Everything you just book yourself on a tour bus, um, <coughs> and then we get this. Um, comedy sequence where Oof. Joe disappears and the, the tour guide goes, uh, where, where's your son? And he goes, oh, 
<laughs> I think he's climbing into your plane at the moment. Uh, the, and I, I was thinking, why are they idiots? Why don't they arrest Mac? I mean, they did. They later on they show that they did arrest him. But what is Mac doing? Mm. Does Shane think that Mac's an idiot that he would do this? Well, that's that that's that's the get out thing yeah. just there. It's still an imaginary story. Yeah, it's story, an imaginary it? story. We um, uh, Joe nicks the plane, and we see that. Again, it, it's an angel interceptor, but even the puppet-sized cockpit is just the angel cockpit. Ah, uh, and wait, wait yeah. for behind the scenes. Oh, uh, right. That that is very very relevant. Oh, is it? All oh, right. Yeah. Because because the other thing is we they they launch other Mig two six two four twos at him, and they're wearing spectrum glasses, aren't they? Yeah. And it's like uh, I remember those glasses from my sevens kit of Captain Scarlet. Oh, I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. You he remember, did, he yeah, did have an optional yeah. glasses. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then uh, Joe goes, um, he's, he's radioing back. I mean, it's a powerful radio, but he's radioing back to Shane, presumably in London, or Sam, going, um, uh, Uncle Sam, I'm, I'm being chased, so I'm going to turn around and destroy them. And he does that. He kills people. Well, yes, yeah. Um, this is the thing. Is this Joe, Joe talking, or is this the Russian pilot's brainwaves? He's taken on the character... Or, or elements of this Russian mind that's sharing. But his. even if even if that's the case, Joe's in there. Yeah. Even if he, even if say the the Russian takes over, and Joe's a passenger, but he's experiencing it. They're literally getting a nine year old to kill him. I honestly thought I was quite shocked by it that there wasn't the scene when he shoots him down of the of the cockpit ejecting. No, no, and no. It's, he, no. He, he chooses. Yeah. He's going to turn around yep. and shoot it out and. He destroys two. The other one crashes to the ground. So our our death tally is three yep. so far. I know this is an imaginary story, but we're going to but include it. We're going to count it. it. Yeah, we got so, it because the, the 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 prospects there, isn't it? They, you know, and if we go with the super space ones, they definitely killed him. He goes. Um, he goes. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna now attack the base. There must have been more people killed on that base. Well, another question. How many people are on that base, do you reckon? I mean, a military base? You've got to be looking at a couple of hundred, haven't you? Shall we say 200? 200, yeah. Right, that's at 203, the death tally. Yeah, but but all through this, I mean, it's fantastic model work. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, you know. that's that's what I was thinking through it. It's like, even, even though the story is just really slight and doesn't make a lot of sense, the model work is stunning. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's beautiful. Beautifully yeah. done. Um, I, I, if I had been having a sip of drink, I would have spat it out at the next bit because he lands at Manston Airport, yeah, right, which is down the road from me, and Manston <laughs> has been a derelict airport for the best part of twenty years. Well, I get start buying up land. Well, it, it, it's been in use uh, in the news um, in the last couple of years right. because it was a bloody great lorry car park. You know, oh, when we is had... that the the, yeah, the the channel tunnel and the ferry yeah. problems? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they stored this massive oh, great right. it, that they basically they stored all the lorries on the uh, runways. Predicting the future is, is very difficult, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it does suggest that sometime between now and whenever this is set, 
they reopen it as an airport. Well, I, it's it's yeah. been in the news just recently oh. that it is going to reopen as an airport with uh, short haul flights uh, well, to there Europe. There you go. That you know, Joe Knightley being prescient there. Yeah, but I know why it's in it. Do you remember, right. you know, um, when we were talking on our Thunderbirds episode about yeah. how Jerry Anderson got the idea of the Fire Flash not being able to use its undercarriage because when he was um, in national service in the RAF at yeah. Manston, he witnessed the plane having to land with ah, its landing so gear up. His, so I think he's just put station, this yeah. he's put this in the script because, it, yeah, this was written by Jerry Anderson, wasn't it? This? I, uh, oh, was it? Oh, right. Yeah, Jerry okay. and Sylvia. That can yeah. explain a lot. Um, great ideas, man. Not a great writer. Uh, this is weird as well because um, Sam says to to Joe, uh, "Land uh, land at Manston," but he doesn't tell Manston. No, it just arrives. Yeah, and we have this air controller, air traffic controller, with the most outrageous World oh, War II moustache. Yeah. <laughs> Little pointy upwards moustache, he's great. I mean, it's obviously just, it's the same uh, set as London Airport, isn't it, from yeah. Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet. He's got the same viewer. But I don't understand this, because either <coughs> Manston and, and uh, Britain in general has no air defences. What Was he not worried that they might go... A Russian jet's coming towards our airport. Uh, but and it's an imaginary yeah. story, though, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? So Shane's yeah. decided to ignore any of that. Yeah. Um, I love those hover tanks. Yeah, those they're great. brilliant yeah. hover tanks. Um, yeah, Joe's gone. I don't know if this goes on our dodgy tally, but that farmer, that yokel oh, accent God, yeah. he's got. I think so, yeah. Yeah, That's, all right. That, that must have been cliched and embarrassing even in the 60s this is now taking place in kent in my neck of the woods and nobody talked like that yeah you all try like that don't you and you all you all drink cider and he were nine year old you know it's old get out of it yeah yeah he sees him he sees him get in a car that then takes off and flies away yeah Mm. and they go they do the old comedy, oh, he must be drunk. Why does no one see Joe and think, they all, all think, oh, it's a nine-year-old boy. None of them think it's, it's a small man. Yeah. Why no, does nobody in Russia or Kent go, why is there a nine-year-old boy on this airfield? Yeah. Did no, hmm. one, did no one rush out to, when the plane landed? I mean, they sent the tanks. It was just the yokel. Yeah, just the yokel. In I hate Joe's silly bloody hat. He's got this yeah. little red oh, yeah. hat on. Oh, that's horrible. Very um, village and, people, that. Yeah. And he tells he tell Sam it was so exciting. Yeah. So so he does remember oh, killing those remember, people. Yeah. It was so exciting, Sam. I got to kill loads of people. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we're, we're saving up problems for the future, aren't we, Joe? Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, and, <coughs> pardon. Yeah, we get that. Because it comes back and and Shane says, and that's the sort of thing Joe could do for us. And again, I, uh, at that point, I thought, why has Joe got to do it? Mm. Why are you trying to convince them that you need Joe? Is he expendable? <laughs> Maybe he's that as yeah, well. Expendable and thick. And thick, yeah. The ideal agent. Uh, and then we get that really weird montage sequence. Yes. Yeah. Um, Very odd, isn't it? Yeah. I have the reason for it in a minute. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I haven't, I haven't re- reached that part in my notes, but I have got a reason for it. Um, but it's it's interesting 
like you say, I always assumed Joe was Matt's son, but no, Matt yeah, does no, say, although yeah. Joe is not my real son. Yeah, where did he get him from? Mm. And did he also he says, him? don't come crying to me if you get hurt. It, it, I got in my notes, Mac is treating this as if Joe wants to go skateboarding. Yeah. It's like he goes, oh, okay, Joe, you can go and kill people and work as an agent, but don't come crying to me if you get hurt. Uh, I mean, that's a terrible uh, thing, and I always hate that when parents say that to kids. Don't come crying to me. But just, you know, if you honestly think that's going to happen, you don't let them. It's, it's putting all the responsibility on the kid whose brain hasn't formed enough that he can make a decision. Yeah. And you're going, yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you go and kill people. It's good. You know, I I trust Swarthy Shane. <laughs> Swarthy Shane. And that's pretty much it. He, he's yeah. going to get a badge for being a yep. good boy. Well, that's all he cares about. That's all he's going on. And it's like, when do I get my badge? When do I get my badge? And they give him a, a most special agent. Mm. Agent 90. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we have very subdued end credits compared to the very yeah. dynamic uh, opening credits, don't we? I think this is where we go into the uh, the Anderson end credits being a bit lackluster and, like you say, uh, sort of downplaying it, it? Cause, cause UFO did the same, Space 1999 did yeah. the same. Yeah, it's very, you're waiting for that big bombastic stuff and it's just, oh, yeah. okay. It is subdued, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit of, it ends on a whimper. Right. Uh, with that whimper done uh, behind the scenes. All right. So, uh, yeah, written by Jerry Anderson. It, it says Jerry and Silver Anderson, but I said before, he, he asked for a co-writing credit because she typed up his notes or dictated. Yeah. He dictated and she typed. But also there was assistance from uh, the producer of the show, David Lane, but that's uncredited. He never got any credit for any of his input on this story. I wanted it. Yeah. In uh, an early version of the script, there was no win. Um, um Joe joined the CIA. Oh, right. Oh, God. That yeah. even more weird. Was this meant to be set in America then, originally? Yeah, and Shane Weston yeah. was originally written as the deputy director of the CIA. Oh, right. Okay. Um, but that that's all changed. When uh, Shane Rimmer and Tony Barwick composed the Bible for the series, they tweaked it and they they come up with the idea of this win organization because you've got to have a an organization yeah. name haven't you yeah you've got to have a name acronyms again it's uncle all over again isn't it? you know you got you got to have it yeah world intelligence network and it win yes yes absolutely right uh in the that original script there was going to be a scene where a policeman stops and and stands in amazement at the sight of uh, max car parked in the street when it's in london um, and also there was going to be more dialogue when they're flying to Moscow with Mac telling Joe that Russia is letting in this, you know, press junket to see the, the MiG-242 because it wants the world to see the aircraft as a purely defensive weapon. Right. Even mm. though it's got tons of offensive capability. Yes. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. I like its weapon pods. We didn't mention yeah. that, but I like their, the weapon shock pods. Um, yeah, the... The puppet filming for this story uh, took place in November 1967, and uh, while they were still filming The Inquisition, the very last story of Captain Scarlet, so the production overlapped on both. And uh, the director of this one was Desmond Saunders, and he directed the very first episode of Captain Scarlet. Um, They probably thought he was like trusted hands for... 
introducing things. I guess so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah this, this odd photo montage argument um, wasn't in the script. It's no. a very, very late ad- addition. And, um, and yeah, the... Every, that whole argument, the the actors' voices, it was all improvised. It wasn't scripted whatsoever. It was very late in the day they decided to have this argument. They, I guess, didn't have time to, to go back and reshoot the puppets. So, yeah, this is why you've just got stills oh, right, right. of the puppets. It's odd, isn't it? It's it very is very odd. odd. It, does, it doesn't fit with the, the normal style of doing this sort of thing, does it? No. Um, yeah, the, that... Uh, when you see the plane flying to to Russia, um, that's been nicked from Captain Scarlet. It's another example of reused footage. That's oh, from right. uh, Flight One Hundred and Four in Captain Scarlet. I, I get the feeling. I don't know whether the Joe Ninety this show was sort of had as much preparation as some of the others, but there's a lot of nicked stuff, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. We'll, again, we'll be keeping an eye out for all that. Yeah. Um, we've got reused model work as well in this. Yeah. Um, and that is that the uh, the tower uh, on that Russian base. There's a tower with a like a yellow stripe around it. Yeah. That was first seen in Thunderbirds Are Go uh, when the hood leaves Glenfield. All oh, right. And also in that same shot in the background, you've got the Zero X hangar, <laughs> um, which I, I didn't spot could- it. You could say it's all tied together, and that is actually where Zero X lives. Yeah, but it also it's at Manston Airport in the background yeah. as well. So, right. yeah. Um, and most of the missile base's destruction, uh, when Joe blows it up, is taken from the end of Thunderbird 6. Oh, okay. That does explain a lot, then, because it's, it's, it's a really good sequence. But I thought, oh, there's a lot of money gone onto this. But that, no. yeah, that fits. With the, there's not much money being spent on this. One. You can't see the join though. You don't go. No, oh, no, no, it's oh, really oh, well oh, done. That don't look right. Um, so yeah, this this story's uh, dodgy tally is, yep. is one for that yokel. Arr. All right. So yeah, we have a one. So that it's sharing that one with Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. Yeah. Has I got suppose a, there is dodgy. I don't know. Where, it depends whether because there is a a comedy Russian in it but he's not he doesn't really act thick does he he's no just, no yeah and that's another thing about that that guard who, who has to explain to his yeah. boss what he saw he's taken away uh, presumably to be, to uh, be tortured killed. yeah or tortured or killed or something yeah <laughs> yeah we're talking about killing yeah the death tally then we're, we have 203 today for wow. joe 90 that puts it by a nine second place boy. yeah that's even worse isn't that's it t- you know? just, yeah th- this wouldn't get made now no Quite, I, I think quite rightly, this is a very problematic sort of storytelling. It, it, it's a different world, wasn't it? The, yeah, you the wouldn't. Past. You, you yeah. would have people ejecting. You would have shots of people yeah. coming out of the building. You know, all and dusty, I think they could. They, right. they could have. They could have done that, and I think that would have taken the curse off it. I mean, he still doesn't know they would survive. But I, like I say, I was quite shocked. It was like, oh. This nine-year-old kid has just killed these people in cold blood and, and thinks it's great. Terrific. Yeah. It's terrific. Can I kill some more people, Uncle Sam? You oh, can next week. So excited, yeah. As long yeah, as let's... they're foreigners, Joe, we won't say a word. What a thing it would be if Joe 90 is the most bloodthirsty yeah. show and most be. of it is the nine-year-old doing it. Yeah. It might well be because this, I seem to remember this is very much the action show and it? there's not much story. It's no. just, or, you know, here's Joe. Give him brainwaves of someone violent. Let's have some action. Mm. Right. So, uh, our subject today, the, the yes. MiG-242. 
as you say, yes. a reworked Angel Interceptor from Captain yes. Scarlet. And the reason for that was, again, because of time restraints and budget, Mike Trim, who designed it, was told to base it around the cockpit of an Angel Interceptor that, because that's a, it, yeah. that's a repurposed Angel cockpit uh, yeah. that Joe is sat in. And because of that, when you're using the miniature, that's got to match. So, yeah, um, as, as Mike Trim said... Uh, the art department wanted to get their money's worth by using the cockpit in as many ways as possible. And apparently, yeah, this redress cockpit is going to appear in other episodes oh, of right. Joe Knighty. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I understand why they would do it. You, you know, you've got it on hand. Why not use it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so I'm presuming then an actual, because again, this, you know, these weren't considered collector's items or important back then an actual angel interceptor was ruined yes to make the mig two six uh, two four two yeah i was on youtube last night and i was uh, I, I typed in joe 90 mig yeah two four two and somebody has recreated one very well done and he he, he got the um you know the reissued Captain Scarlet yeah, airfix. Um, uh, airfix one um, and he combined it with the swing wing F111A model right. and I think he used some one one 144th wings off of a different plane but he, he did yeah. a brilliant job because yeah, I was I, watching it and yeah. thinking I'd I'm, like to do this I'd like well, to do I, this I, w I was watching it and I thought I've got a few angel interceptors in the loft from the last time uh, airfix reissued them um I'm tempted by this because I have to admit, this is a bloody gorgeous plane. I it, prefer it this to the Angel. I, yeah. I think this design is wonderful. It's it got more really oomph to good. it. It's yeah. not as delicate looking as the Angel no. Interceptor. It, but, it looks like a real plane. Yeah. It looks like it's something real, but it just also looks super cool at the same time. I like the way it takes off at a 45 degree angle, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but lands normally like a missile, yeah. Yeah, with a parachute. Yep. Yeah, 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 with a little uh, thing, which again, quite prescient. The uh, the space shuttle launches vertically on yeah. the back of a rocket, lands, and uses parachutes and that yeah. to slow it down. So, Good point. Yeah, I. Uh, but no, I, I think this is a gorgeous craft. Really yeah. nice. Um, just moving away from um, fr from the gorgeous craft uh, before we uh, uh, vote on it, but uh, yeah, Mike Trim also says that. While the script did not specify the type of bus that carries Mac and Joe around the airbase, he chose yeah. to d design it as a hovercraft because yeah, he thought, hover. yeah, because he thought that a wheeled vehicle would have looked boring. Mike yeah. also designed the Russian hover tank, believing it made sense from a design standpoint to make it similar to the hover bus. Well, you would presumably put a, as at least as good technology in your tanks as you would your buses. Yeah, that you ferry around yeah. tourists. You would yes. hope. Yeah. Yes. All right, then. So the vehicle tally, you're yes. a fan. Oh, no, one more thing before we okay. do that. I've got a quote. I thought this was quite funny. Uh, I, I, have you got the book by Alan Shubrook called Century 21 FX, Unseen, no, Untold? I it's a very good book. If you, if you can find it, it's a really good book. It's very expensive now. Um, the <laughs> Joe, what isn't? These yeah, the Joe 90 logo. If yeah. you imagine the Joe Lighty logo, you've got the word Joe and you've got a much bigger... Uh, yeah, letters, the number 90. Sort of yes. Um, it says here, this is a quote from Alan. Um, 
Looking at all the impressive logos used in the various television series, you would expect weeks of purposeful design to have been behind their evolution. Not so for the Joe 90 logo. He says, I was halfway through completing a model during the pre-production period of the series when Mike Trim came bursting into the workshop and asked me if I could provide some quick artwork to use on a car sticker to promote the series. Yeah. I was told that anything would do as it was only temporary and he needed it within the next 10 minutes. Right? right. Nothing like a deadline, eh? Um, the only lettering system available to me in the workshop was at that time was the faithful but painstakingly slow letter set okay. letter transfer system. So I drew up the shape of the car sticker and proceeded to lay down the first letters in a three-dimensional type, type style that was all the rage in the late 60s. I completed the word Joe only to discover that we had used up most of the numbers from the sheet on various vehicles. Due to this, there was no number nine left in the correct type size. There wasn't enough time to start again, so I grabbed another sheet of the same type style. The numbers were all there, but they were several sizes larger. Mm. I laid down the number 90 on the paper, and the car sticker was complete. Great, that'll do, Mike said, and he took the artwork away from me and disappeared. I didn't think any more of it until several months later, I was quite surprised to see that my 10-minute makeshift logo had been revamped and used as the main title for the series. Brilliant. And that's so how much go. effort goes in. Yep, just because they'd almost run out of some letter set, you get that, that classic logo. Yeah, and that sort of that sums this whole thing up for me. Is I get the feeling Joe Ninety is just a filler between. I imagine Anderson at this point was looking to live action, wasn't he? Well, to, pretty much yeah. after this, they went straight yeah. into Doppelganger, which yeah. then begat UFO. So I, I'm thinking this is just to keep the studio turning over. Yeah, we need another Exercise, one. Exercise, yeah. Yeah. All right, okay, then, the MiG-242 out yep. of 10. You, you, um, I hear you're I, a fan. I really like it. Um, I'm going to go to, uh, to me, it, it, it's something about it just appeals personally. And like I say, this is purely subjective, my thing. I'm going to give it a nine. I like, really like it. A nine. I like the color of it. And I, I like you say, yeah. I like the weathering of it and everything. The weathering's great. That's what I think that's what the angels are missing. Yeah. And they're too fragile. The angels yeah, look far too look, delicate. Yeah. I'm sure that's intentional because, hey, ladies yeah, fly them. Plain. All right. Well, yeah, I, I gave it an eight. All right. Yeah. So that's eight and a half, which is uh, second place with the Spectrum helicopter oh, right now. Okay. All right. And that's that. I, I, I'm guessing this story is not in your top ten. No. Um, I, I I don't know whether any of them will get into the top ten. It's It's... It was enjoyable, but so lightweight and forgettable. Yeah. It is um, going to be interesting yeah. to see if any Joe 90 gets in either of our lists. It's not yeah. on mine either. Uh, it's just got... not engaging, is it? No. And we just... don't like the main character, which no, is a massive flaw. it's always flaw. a drawback, yeah. You, we are going to be watching them for the hardware yeah. and the action sequences, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. I think I think it's probably going to score high on that. Yeah. But... Yeah, the actual plots and the characters and that. So, mm. Mm. We did forget um, Ian's openings. Ooh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh. Where where would you put it? Uh, I did enjoy the opening. What What's my order now? Right, from the bottom upwards, you go Fireball XL5, yep. Stingray, yep. Captain Scarlet, Thunderbirds. I'm going to put it, sacrilegious, this, I'm going to put it between Captain Scarlet and Thunderbirds. Oh, in second place. Yeah. 
Blimey. It's I... funky, isn't it? Is you can't help but be excited by it. It's a shame the program after it isn't as exciting. I love the but, I love the yeah. music. I adore the music. Like mm. I said last time, that's why it's my ringtone on my phone. Yep. Um, and I like the trippy psychedelic yeah. uh, colours in some of the bits. But you, we keep seeing him in his little checked suit. You know. Yeah. Uh, is, so it's bad that the weakest part of this entire series is going to be the main character. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. And with that, we're done. So momentous <laughs> now, because next time yeah. we we're into uh, live action, aren't we? We are into live action. We are there with UFO with the episode identified. So yeah. very, very much looking forward to this. And this is going to be interesting because, um, I've only ever seen this one. I've only ever seen identified as part of the super space theater where they cut it. Oh, uh, right. In. So although I've got the, um, the, the Blu-ray box set, which is just gorgeous. Uh, I got the one with the, the big thick book in it. Yes. It's great. It's really good. Dirt, dirt cheap as well. Um, I've watched several episodes from it, but I didn't go straight to the beginning because I thought, oh, I know that one. I'll go in later on. That's going so to be this, very yeah. interesting. Then. So this is going to be because I know the uh, Super Space Theater one was probably heavily edited. Oh yes, um, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think this is this is going to be an interesting one. Um, okay. And like I say, it's momentous for us. It's our, our first foray into live action. Yep. And our subject um, for it, I yep. thought, because they do vary considerably in effectiveness you know throughout the uh the the, the series run yeah. is the aliens of oh, right, the right. first episode yeah. because yeah they they can yeah their their quality varies yeah so i think and their, their entire rationale and way they operate varies as well doesn't it That's yeah so i thought we would have multiple ah, right. aliens okay. as yeah. we uh, each time we go along to ufo there are somewhere you know there's one just in a in a, in a cottage with a blind granny yeah. And then you've got these ones in Identified, which are these uh, cold-blooded, ruthless killers. Yeah, yeah. They, I remember machining people down. With... And visually they change. Yeah. The suit changes yeah, right. as well over the uh, uh, over the run of the series as well. So, yeah, yeah. The Ooh. aliens of Identified next time, okay? That'd be very good. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, listener. Uh, see, see you in 1980 then. Yes, wow. That that was so far in the future back then. Yeah. Um, Good one. Nice one. See you then, then. See you then. then. Bye-bye. Bye.